0: Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we are discussing a recently accepted rapid report, DREAD-induced activation of subfornical organ neurons stimulates thirst and salt appetite. Before we begin, let's have our guests introduce themselves.
1: Hi, I'm Al Ferguson. I'm a neuroscientist, electrophysiologist at Queen's University in Canada. I'm part of the Center for Neuroscience Studies there and the Department of Biomedical and Molecular Sciences. My name is Sean Stalker. I'm a professor of the Department of Neuro and Behavioral Sciences at Penn State College of Medicine.
2: Hi, I'm Haley Nation, an anatomy PhD student at Penn State.
0: Hi, I'm Brian Kinsman. I'm an MD, PhD candidate here at Penn State. Thank you very much. Sean, can you provide some background about the technology used in your
1: experiments? The, the neuroscience field has experienced a technical revolution over the past decade with the invention of many novel approaches, including hemogenetic tools such as DREADS, or otherwise known as designer receptor exclusively activated by designer drugs. There are several recent review articles to provide a more detailed description, including one paper by Sternson and Roth in 2014 and another recent Neuron Primer by Roth in 2016. Essentially, DREADs utilize G-protein-coupled receptors, in this case, the muscarinic receptor. These receptors are engineered to no longer recognize acetylcholine. Instead, they respond selectively to synthetic ligands such as clozapine anoxide, or CNO. This is a metabolite of the antipsychotic drug clozapine. To enhance neuronal firing, the GQ signaling cascade is activated through the use of HM3DQ DREAD. This GQ DREAD responds to CNO in the nanomolar range, it induces intracellular calcium release to increase cellular activity. There are also parallel dreads to inhibit cellular activity through activation of GI. Dreads can be expressed in neurons through virally-mediated transfection using AAVs or lentiviruses. In addition, there are now transgenic mouse lines with dread expression guided by recombinase or a tetracycline-controlled platform. A unique advantage of the approach is that after expression of the dread, Neuronal activity can be remotely controlled by injection of CNO without any instrumentation of any kind. By remotely, the CNO compound can be administered acutely, by subcutaneous or intraperineal injection, or chronically through a mini-pump or drinking water. In rodents, the compound itself is chemically inert but readily penetrates into the central nervous system. The time scale itself will depend largely on the dose and peak concentrations but the approach can be used to produce robust and prolonged excitation or inhibition of cellular activity.
0: Brian, why did you apply this methodology to this line of research, and what are the advantages? Well, we know that the subfornical organ is a critical regulator of body fluid homeostasis and cardiovascular function. These neurons sense a variety of neurohumoral signals such as angiotensin II and electrolyte concentrations. In turn, these neurons densely innervate several hypothalamic structures to stimulate thirst and salt appetite, neuroendocrine function, and sympathetic outflow. We chose to study the effect of subcornical organ activation on thirst and salt appetite, as prior studies demonstrate that lesions of the subcornical organ attenuate such responses. Essentially, the use of DREDs served as a proof-in-principle experiment to demonstrate such technology could be used to experimentally manipulate neuronal activity and behavior in such circuits. The approach was validated using both in vitro patch clamp, in vivo single unit recordings, and analysis of FOSS expression. Notably, these in vivo single unit recordings provided critical insight into the timescale and magnitude of effects that can be expected by CNO-evoked dread activation. Finally, the approach permits manipulation of neuronal activity acutely, over tens of minutes, by a single injection, or chronically, over days to weeks, by administration of CNO in the drinking water. The latter has clear advantages to pathological conditions as we attempt to understand how these neurons contribute to disorders of body fluid homeostasis and or cardiovascular disease. Much as we applied dreds to study subfornical organ stimulated thirst, other groups have used dreds to study hypothalamic control of food intake. From these applications, it's easy to envision how dreds can be used to investigate physiologic functions that are mediated by specific neuronal populations within discrete nuclei such as the subfornical organ and to map the neural circuits underlying these functions.
1: Brian, so uh, how did you decide which genes to link to your dreads? It would be really interesting to try to link them to angiotensin type 1 receptors, amylin receptors, or even v one channels.
0: So we decided to link the excitatory dread construct to a calmodulin kinase 2A promoter, which is phenotypically characteristic of excitatory glutamatergic neurons. Additionally, we knew that prior optogenetic investigations applied this promoter to evoke subfornical organ-mediated thirst responses. This allowed us to confirm the feasibility of using dreads to study responses in the subfornical organ. Moving forward, we should really be cautious not to misinterpret the physiologic significance of effects that are produced by long-term optogenetic or chemogenetic neuromodulation of a circuit. The mechanisms of excitation and inhibition evoked by ionotropic optogenetic or dread based uh, g G-protein-coupled receptor signaling don't necessarily reflect the mechanism of neuromodulation by the endogenous stimuli, such as angiotensin 2, amylin, or leptin. For instance, we know most subfornical organ neurons are excited by angiotensin 2. However... Neither DREADS nor optogenetics have been shown to activate the second messenger beta-arrestin pathway associated with angiotensin II binding to the angiotensin-2 type 1 receptor. Still, we do agree that linking DREADS to a specific receptor promoter will be insightful and allow us to elucidate the physiologic function of distinct neural circuits. Perhaps the most effective way to address these questions is by using DREADS in conjunction with CRE recombinase technology. Alternatively, Additional experiments could identify the specific pathways originating from the subfornical organ to downstream targets. Overall, we're excited to see how these technologies develop and are co opted to study different physiologic processes.
1: Haley, I was intrigued in reading your paper to see in the discussion that you saw some changes in body weight when dreads were activated for several days. Do you have any idea of how this might be interpreted?
2: The approximately one gram increase in body weight observed during chronic activation of subfornical organ neurons was an unexpected finding. There are several potential explanations for this. First, the increase in body weight may be explained by a positive water balance. CNO treatment doubled 24-hour water intake in mice with dread expression in the subfornical organ. and acute CNO treatment activated neurons in the supraoptic and paraventricular nuclei. Therefore, the increase in water intake combined with elevated circulating levels of vasopressin from the hypothalamus could produce a positive water balance and an increase in body weight. On the other hand, a previous paper by Smith et al. in 2010 reported that electrical stimulation of the subfornical organ increases food intake. Reports from other laboratories have suggested subfornical organ neurons may alter metabolism through the regulation of brown fat. Although we didn't measure food intake or metabolism, a second explanation for the increase in body weight is through the ability of subornical organ neurons to alter energy balance.
1: So Haley, what are the relative merits of optogenetics versus dreads?
2: Well, both optogenetics and dreads permit manipulation of cellular activity in discrete populations of neurons and glial cells. As discussed earlier, DREDS works through the injection and the subsequent binding of a synthetic ligand to a muscarinic receptor, leading to the activation of either GQ or GI signaling pathways. The time course depends on the pharmacokinetics of a synthetic ligand, such as CNO. As highlighted in the current paper, DREDS is useful to remotely influence neuronal excitability over prolonged periods of time and requires no instrumentation. Optogenetics is also a very powerful approach, which involves expression of a light-activated or light-inhibited ion channel to actively depolarize or hyperpolarize the membrane potential. The kinetics are much faster than dreads, and so a distinct advantage of optogenetics is its temporal resolution over a millisecond time frame. Optogenetics also permits greater control of neuronal excitability due to the direct opening of ion channels, rather than G-protein messenger systems utilized by DREDs. However, optogenetics requires instrumentation, including implantation of a fiber optic ferrule or brain cannula and a corresponding laser source. The choice of DREDs versus optogenetics will depend on the experimental paradigm. But both techniques have been validated and are extremely successful in addressing important questions across the entire neuroscience field.
0: Sean, one final question. What are you planning next in this area of research?
1: This is an excellent question and we believe the possibilities are endless. Some of these possibilities in future directions have already been discussed in this podcast. For example, the combination of DREADS with Cre recombinase technology using transgenic mice or retrograde guided transport of Cre, will allow us as well as other laboratories to define the contribution of neurochemically distinct population of neurons in the efferent pathways. For example, specifically targeting glutamatergic versus GABAergic neurons within this structure. Perhaps the largest rate-limiting step in the process is to find the neurochemical phenotype of these neurons and developing the corresponding transgenic mice or promoters to insert into the DRED's constructs. Recently, Heinmark and others performed a transcriptome analysis of sulforical organ neurons during u-hydrated and dehydrated conditions. These findings could provide novel insight into markers for neurochemically distinct populations of neurons that could be targeted with DREDs or optogenetics to evaluate the respective contribution to thirst and salt appetite, neuroendocrine function, or sympathetic outflow. Within our laboratory, we have already begun to address such questions using transgenic mouse lines to further define these neuronal populations in the subthorunic organ. In parallel, we have also applied these approaches to other structures within the lamina terminalis, including the medium preoptic nucleus and the organum vasculosum of the lamina terminalis. The latter structure is a circumventricular organ similar to the subphoranum organ and has been implicated in osmoregulatory function. Finally, several laboratories also utilize these same approaches to anatomically map the connections of such neurons. In essence, through use of career recombinase technology, investigators can also define where these neurochemically distinct population neurons project to, and how they impact function. Thus, these approaches are redefining the neuroscience field and the type of questions that we can address. The current paper represents a first step in brain circuits that regulate body fluid homeostasis. I'd like to thank our guests for participating
0: in today's discussion of the article, Dread-Induced Activation of Sub-Fornical Organ Neurons Stimulates Thirst and Salt Appetite, part of the podcast series for the Journal
1: of Neurophysiology.